Oh, man, I missed you. I hope you had a happy Thanksgiving. We have so much sports to talk about today. It's going to be super sportsy on Barry on Deck. Let go. Live from the BiffNet Studios World Headquarters in Spring, Texas, it's Barry on Deck. Hosted by former ESPN Houston radio host and stand-up comedian, Barry Laminat. Starring Oliver the Cat. Written by Barry Laminat. Produced by Barry Laminat. Directed by, you guessed it, Barry Laminat. Featuring sports, entertainment, special guests, film sessions, and some drinking. Okay, a lot of drinking. Viewer discretion is advised. And now, here's your host, Barry Laminak. Oh, what's up, you damn dirty deckheads? Welcome to Barry on Deck. I am your host, Barry Laminak. Thank you guys for being here. Today is Monday, November 29th, 2021, and this is episode number 374. Barry on Deck, as always, Barry on Deck, brought to you by the AP Law Group. If you have been injured in an accident, do yourself a solid. Don't be a dummy. Put this number in your phone. 713-913-GO-AP or log on to aplawgroup.com. That is the number you want. Gilbert and Arsha are going to take care of you. They're not going to let you get in bullied by these insurance companies. I promise you, do the smart thing, do the right thing. Call the AP Law Group if you've ever been injured in an accident. They're good folks. They're deckheads. They're former suspects. They're going to take care of you. Uh, so make sure you get that done. Hey, welcome to the program. We have much to discuss. I hope you all had a fantastic and wonderful holidays. I know, uh, my three days off was, uh, good needed, not long enough. All those things. I spent, I spent some time pondering the future of this show and it's, it's, uh, I've got to figure out uh, what the move is in 2022, right? Like, I feel like 2020, we grew. We started. In 2021, we kind of were stagnant, maybe took a slight step back. So I got to figure out what we're going to do in 2022, how I'm going to grow this thing. And actually, uh, maybe it just means I need to be more active on social media, which is probably the case. So we'll, we'll get it figured out. Yeah, the tree is back, Justin Swinford. Uh, it is Christmas time. Nora put it together. So uh, let me zoom out. You can kind of see the whole thing there. Yeah, you kind of miss the full flavor of it when it looks like a peacock at the top up here. It's like uh, it's like the weather report. Over here, we've got a strong chance of hair, and there's just balls all over the place. So <clears throat> what is this? White Matt said 2022, we've been on time all year. Okay, that's probably not. I wish. I wish. I'm a, I'm horribly late at a lot of things. So yeah, Nora got the tree decorated for me. She also got this new on-air sign for me. Uh, she got that at like Marshalls or some shit. I like it. It's pretty dope. It's pretty dope. I also have uh, some other stuff. Stephen Weather guy said, "Happy Hanukkah, deckheads." I do. A, is there a Hanukkah tree, Stephen? I don't know how that works. Is there a? Is there like a Hanukkah tree? Is that a thing I can put up? I'll put up a Hanukkah tree. Or what's the little candles called? Do they make those incentive? Okay, I've already said too much. Hey, we got a lot of sports to do. This is going to be a very sportsy show. 
If you are not into sports, then this is probably not the show for you uh, because we're going to talk NFL Week 12, including what happened on Thanksgiving. We're going to talk rivalry. It's hard to say. uh, College football rivalry week. That's a very hard phrase to say. We've got some MLB hot stove action happening for you. We've got uh, NBA power rankings and John Wall and the Rockets are causing some stinks on social media. So we've got all that to discuss. Uh, so much to get to. So much we have. But let's start with what we always start with, which is the greatest deckhead in the history of the world. And the greatest deckhead in the history of the world, at least for the next two hours, is my guy, Uriel Villanueva. Homie, congratulations. Good for you. First in the chat today. Early got the first like. Didn't get a goddamn triple crown, though. But it doesn't matter. You were here. You were the first. You were ready. And I appreciate that from the bottom of my heart. So, Uriel Villanueva, you are the greatest deckhead in the history of the world for the next hour and 16 minutes. And then you're just back to regular ass Uriel. Just regular old lame ass. No one cares. Okay. I mean, I care, but you know what I mean. By the way, truck driver Pookie with the Congo block. What a dick. What a dick. What's up, Marty? Let's do the... Let's do the rest of the chat. Let's get everybody in here. Uh, Christopher Reyes. Where is that coming from? Oh, that's November 23rd. Why is that? What on earth? That's weird. I got like old November 23rd messages from uh, Facebook. But hey, Uriel was first. John Dory was here early. Truck driver Pookie, I mentioned. Alan Denson showing up. What's up, homie? Tell Kathy I said hello. Keith Sager is here. And Eric Resendez is early. Good to see you, buddy. AJB, Aaron J. Bryant. CC! What's up, girl? Hope you're well, CC. Hope you had a good Thanksgiving. Justin Swinford, what up, Swinny? Swinny Pooh. Donna is back, you guys. Let's go, Donna. We missed you. I hope you had a fantastic vacation, sweetie. Dandy Dan is here. He said, at a center point, I think, uh, oh, at a certain point, I think a Congo block is not dirty. Well, yeah. It's still a still a jerk ass thing to do, but I'm here for it. You know, I ain't gonna be mad at nobody for Congo blocking. Uh, who else is here? Dimata is here. Oh, Shelby, I'm sorry, sweetie. I saw that message earlier. I hope everything is okay. Um, we're thinking about you. Quinn is here. What's up, Quinn? How are you, buddy? Fidel and Joe Pro and Jen and Katie and Marsha, 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 Mimi. What's up, Meesters? How are you, sweetie? Rudolph is here with our uh, uh, message of the decade, as usual. I love it. Sanitize, wash your hands, social distance, back up. Chris Reyes is here, Mr. 1%. What's up, Playboy? Uh, who else showed up? Nick Gamboa is here. Steven Luther is here. Robert likes beer. Walt, my guy. Thanks for coming out to my show this past week, Walt. Uh, who else? Lisa. Oh, Lisa. I hadn't seen you in a hot second. I mentioned White Magic earlier. Mark G is in the building. Bears extraordinaire. Steven, the weather guy, is here. He's got a weather update for you guys this week. Uh, we're going to get to that at the break. Yes, Don, that's what I was thinking of a menorah. Marty, what's up, dude? Dandy Dan. Uh, all right, cool. I think we got everybody. Perry just showed up. What's up, dog? Perry's here and heartthrob. Philip Barnard. Oh, I almost missed Jeff Bell. What's up, Jeff? What's up, homie? And what's up, Philip Barnard? All right, let's get to this. That's your, that's your uh, greatest deckhead in the history of the world. Now. We have a lot to discuss. Uh, shit, I didn't make the slide. Damn it. I think I have it somewhere. Hold on. I don't have the slide, uh, but I have this. So I just wanted to remind you guys, you guys, that uh, tomorrow is the second annual roast of my face. Okay? 
So I need all hands on deck. Um, bring $5 with you. You can roast me more than once. But as you guys know, last year we roasted because this is why I don't grow this because it looks good. I grow this because it looks bad. And then it gives you guys a chance to roast my face and make fun of me for an entire show, if that's what you're feeling. We'll still do a show, but you guys can still make fun of me for those of you that weren't here last year for it. Basically, you just send $5 to Venmo or PayPal or Super Chat, and you send a joke with your $5, and I read the joke. It's usually about my face, and uh, yeah, and then you roast me. And last time... Um, Last time we raised, I think almost like $500. And then when I talked about it on Facebook, other people pitched in and we ended up getting to like $750 in one day. It was amazing. And then we donated that to the Lone Survivor Foundation, as you can see there. And somebody was matching donations. So it ended up, this little stupid roast in my face ended up netting the Lone Survivor Foundation $1,500. Very proud of that. I have no ambitions that we match that this year in any way, shape, or form. But listen, if we could raise $100, I would be super excited about it. The goal, the goal is $500. I'll, I'll go ahead and tell you that right now. The goal is $500. Um, but if we can raise $100, I'd be happy with that. So, bring $5. Roast the shit out of my raggedy ass face. Uh, not right now. No cheap shots. No trying to get jokes in for free. Uh, if you do... Uh, there's consequences and repercussions. Okay, no freebies. Uh, what did uh, what did Perry get? Did Perry get a new gig? Sup, y'all? Uh, in training on the new gig. Just wanted to holler right quick. Oh, dude, congratulations, Perry. Congratulations, my friend. Uh, hell yeah, that's badass. I almost hit the wrong button. Good for you, buddy. Um, yeah, Katie, you owe five dollars. No, <laughs> Katie, my breast smells like Dan's seafood. I hope. I hope. No, Katie, you don't know $5. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> CC's holding y'all in. I like it. CC and Jen holding everybody in check. Uh, so, yeah, tomorrow should be fun. It was fun last year. And I don't worry when you roast me. I don't roast back. There's no, uh, there's no, you know, I don't, it's just I read the jokes and that's it. So, you know, it should be a good time. Now, also, we got to get our shot glasses. Hold on. Hold on. Uh, let's do a fireball shot today. We got a couple of birthdays that we missed over the holidays. <laughs> Katie said, shit, it was an observation. I'm not funny. You are funny, Katie, though. You're you're wonderful and lovely, and I love you. Uh, we got two birthdays to celebrate, guys. Go get your shot glasses. Get your, get your water. Get your coffee. Fuck. Whatever it is, I don't give a shit. I need to keep fucking paper towels in here if I'm going to drink. Ugh. We got a couple of birthdays to celebrate, you guys. Uh, so this goes out to on November 26th, you guys. It was Scott Hans's birthday. Let's go, Scott. Also, November 27th, we missed it, but Total Dallas had a birthday. Guys, happy birthday to you both, Scott. Happy birthday, Total Dallas. I hope both of you guys had fantastic birthdays and got roadhead or hand jobs or whatever it is you're into. I know. I know Total Dallas is into some weird shit. He was probably, you know, tried to give himself roadhead. Anyways, love you guys. Happy birthday. Thank you for being deckheads. Cheers to both of you. That's good shit. That's good, good shit. Yeah. Do I not have a 
fucking towel in here? How do I not have a paper towel or something? I gotta go through my trash. I'm literally going through my trash for a fucking paper towel. And that's gonna be super sticky because it was fireball that spilled on the desk. That's not good. Uh, he's pretty tall. CC. <laughs> yeah, I bet he could. I bet. Look, I'm gonna be honest with you, ladies. This is gonna be super gross. Donna, plug your ears. Oh, Donna's so sweet. She said, uh, drop the Venmos for birthday love. There you go. There you go, Scott. Total Dallas, drop your Venmos. Um, uh-oh, what happened? I'll be doing lots of shots of suspended from work. Lost my shit. Happy birthday, Scott and Total Dallas. Mark, what'd you do? Mark, what'd you do? Okay. Mark, you gotta, you gotta chill the fuck out. Now, here's the deal. Couple, couple house cleaning things here. That's the, that's the jug of fireball. Yeah, I know, Katie. I need to empty my trash out. Look at that. Look at that. That is this. That's the trash can of someone who doesn't take the trash out very much. Uh, so a couple things here. One, in regards to Total Dallas trying to give himself roadhead, every dude has tried at least once. Okay, I'm just gonna tell you, every dude has just been like, I wonder if I. Nope. I'm just. That's just a now. Nah, not me, of course, but every dude has at least thought about trying it. Sorry to to even your husband, ladies. Yeah, that one. The father of your children has probably tried to blow himself. Once. Okay. That's gross. I'm not a trash panda. Shut up, heartthrob. Uh, all right. What's the other thing I was going to tell you about? Oh. Uh, what was the shit I forgot now? Yeah, I don't remember. Oh, well. This is not important, I guess. All right. Let's get to this. Uh, roast. Birthdays. Fuck it. Let's get into it. We got a lot of sports to discuss. We have mucho to get to today. So let's see here. What the fuck is happening? Oh, tomorrow I'm uh, doing a, um, I forgot I'm doing the uh, Juggalo Trace podcast. Oh, no, not yet. Not yet. Not yet. We got to get through the, the roast first, Jen. We got to get through the roast first. And then, so the Wednesday we'll do that. You know what? Let's just, let's just get to the headlines. Oh, who's fancy? Hey, here's your sports headlines for the day. Yeah, I stayed up till four in the morning working on that little intro. And uh, here's your sports headlines for the day. Lots of different things could have made sports headlines. And uh, so some of it I just broke off into specific um, stuff to discuss. But these are your sports headlines. Panthers running back Christian McCaffrey is out for the season. Ankle issues rearing their ugly head. You know, when Christian McCaffrey first came into the league, I thought, I'm worried about his durability. Not a big dude for a running back. And he proved himself worthy for a while, but now you got to kind of be concerned because he is unable to stay on the field for any length of time. So I wonder if his durability question marks that he had are, are, are going to be an issue for him for the rest of his career. Hopefully not. CMC, fun dude to watch play. A fantastic running back, so hopefully uh, he gets it together and is able to come back next year even stronger. Preseason Heisman favorite Spencer Rattler uh, is leaving OU. He is going to enter the transfer portal. I don't know where he's going. We're going to get to the big news about OU and Lincoln Riley here in just a second. But one of the headlines of the day, Spencer Rattler, planning on leaving OU. You know he, he was the, I mean, everyone's Heisman favorite if you... 
read or watched or even talked college football, that was the name you saw pop up over and over and over. And why not, right? OU just a factory for Heisman winners. And so you thought it would be no different, but then he doesn't have the skill set of some of the other guys that have come through there and won and or been at least in the running for it. So lost his starting job early in the season and uh, has been unhappy and disgruntled ever since. So Spencer Rattler will be leaving OU. Sources are saying that uh, Minnesota running back Dalvin Cook has dislocated his shoulder. Not good there. And... Uh, yeah, we'll see. We'll see how long he's out, but dislocated shoulder can't be good. The sources are saying that the New York Mets and Max Scherzer have agreed to a three-year. Oh, excuse me. Damn, that was weird. One hundred and thirty million dollar contract. That's a lot of cheddar. That's a lot of cheddar. Max Scherzer are getting forty million dollars a year to pitch and play every fifth day. That's a lot of cash. What that tells you, a couple things here. The Mets are spending money like crazy, okay? They're out signing all kinds of folks. Um, D-Mata says Max Scherzer is not worth $40 million a year. Well, if he's not, then who is? I mean, he's probably the best pitcher in the game. If you want the best pitcher in the game in 2021 going into 2022, you're going to pay for it. Now, it's only a three-year deal, $130 million. It's a lot of money. I get it. But you're literally talking about, well, let's see. Let's pull up the spot track here. Spot track. Let's go to MLB. We'll, uh, we'll look at starting pitching value. Oh, let's see. Team payroll salary rankings, top payroll, top base salaries, average salaries. Here we go. All teams, uh, positions, starting pitcher update. I'll, uh, I'll move this so we can see here. Uh, what the, what the flip flying filth flying filth. Oh, there we go. Flip flying filth flying zoom out. So here's your here's your salary rankings for MLB. Demona said no one, not one person is going to get you to the World Series. Mm. What agree? Oh look, uh Damian Prod said, Can you name do you do edits, dude? Welcome to the program, Damien. Thanks for being here. Send me uh hey dude, send me an edit. I'll, I'll feature one. Damian Prod, do you do edits? He said, Can you name an NFL player for an edit? Um, let's see. We're based in Houston, so let's not do the Texans. <laughs> um, who would we want to see do an edit for Damien? Let's see. Damien, do an edit of, now let me get back to, we'll get back to baseball. You know who I want to see an edit of? Uh, Jonathan Taylor. I want to, I want to send me a, on Twitter, at Barry is funny. Send me an edit. I'll retweet it. We'll put it on the show. Um. But yeah, Jonathan Taylor. I want an edit of Jonathan Taylor. All right, Damien. I like. I dig. I'm digging. I'm digging that vibe. So, uh, but welcome to the program. Thanks for being here. Make sure you follow. Make sure you uh, subscribe. I mean, it's free. Come back. We talk a lot of sports here. All right, now let's get back to the uh, the salary discussion. So, so, ooh, Frederick, you shut your whore mouth. 
CMC is not a bust, okay? Not a bust. Stop your nonsense. That's crazy talk. There's no way CMC is a bust. He's just injury prone. There's a difference. But not a bust yet. And he's been one of the best backs in the league. Year in and year out. All right, so Max Scherzer getting $43.33 million a year at 37. Garrett Cole got 36. Steven Strasburg is 35. Trevor Bauer making 34. Now, one of the exercises we could do here is let's open up both Max Scherzer and Garrett Cole's numbers, look at them statistically, and see how they stack up. Yeah? Yeah? Want to do that? Yeah? Cool. Here you go. So 2021, 2020, 2019. So last couple of years, this is Max Scherzer. ERA, 264, 374, 293. I mean, dude is basically a, a sub three ERA factory. Uh, wins, we're not going to count 2020, obviously, but 15, 11, 18, 16, 20. Let's go look at Garrett Cole, the hottest pitcher when he left the Astros, right? Sub three ERAs. Oh, not when he was with the Pirates. Amazingly, he comes to the Astros and uh, that ERA plummets. But then he, 2021, not great, 323. But 16 wins, 7, 2015. So if that if that little run, this, this is what got Garrett Cole to be the highest paid pitcher in baseball. If that would do it, then imagine an entire career of, of Garrett Cole's three-year run. That's what you're dealing with. Max Scherzer has been an absolute stud for almost a decade. Oh, fuck off, Sean, you jerk. Sean said, I got to go to a meeting set. I'm going to miss all the baseball talk. What I'm telling you is this, D-Mata. Here's the deal. When it comes to an ace, if, if this would have been Marcus Stroman, or even Verlander, I would agree with you. But you're literally talking about the best pitcher in baseball, even at 37. If you're the Mets and you're trying to compete and you have an opportunity to add Max Scherzer to your roster, to to, to go along with the staff that you have had and, and will have going forward, I don't have a problem with it, man. I really don't. Now, if like I said, there's only like one or two guys that I would give that money to. Nobody else I'm giving I'm giving that much money to over three years. Max Scherzer? Yeah. I mean, dude, he's I don't want to say he's the Michael Jordan of pitching, because that's like legendary, but there's nobody better on the planet right now. Like, period. So. Fidel said, I'm going to have to rewatch it later. I can barely hear without headphones. Am I low? Is my is my voice low? Or is it just that you got to have headphones? I don't want to blow y'all's ears out there. Uh, well, we'll catch you on the replay, Fidel. It's all good. Appreciate you, homie. You know, that replay is always appreciated and welcomed. So there's your... So, yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm just... What's up, Total Dallas? Thank you for the like. Uh... I'm good with this. I'm good with it. Any, uh, literally any other pitcher, I wouldn't be good with it, but I, I'm, I'm, I'm actually good with this. So take it for what it's worth. All right, rest of your headlines look like this. John Morant will be out for a few weeks after spraining his knee. Good thing it's early in the season. But if you haven't been paying attention to basketball yet, which most of you haven't, and rightfully so, John Morant is the truth, okay? 
keep an eye. Uh, I mean, you're talking the potential of an MVP candidate this year. I said it this year. He needs some help from his supporting cast, but John Morant is the truth. So, uh, Marcus Simeon signed a seven-year deal with the Rangers. First, first, first shortstop off the board. Uh, first major contract shortstop off the board, Marcus Simeon. So, Rangers signed him to a seven-year deal. Not enamored with the signing. Um, I mean, they got to do what they got to do, and I get it, but I, I don't love the signing. They could have done a lot worse. Uh, let's see. What, what, did, what did Simeon, what was his contract for? Marcus Simeon. Let's see what Spot Track said. A seven year, $175 million deal. For Marcus Simeon. He is 31 years old. And last year, 45 home runs, hit 265, OPS of 872, drove in 102 runs. The only 100 RBI season of his career. Um, he's had, you know, 33 home runs in 2019. Not a ton of. Uh, the track record for, for Simeon here, let me just share this real quick. Just just so we can see it. Let's see over there. There you go. There's Marcus Simeon's. So and there, it, why is this important? Because a lot of you guys are like, hmm. What's up, Ruben? $25 million at 38. Yeah. Here's the deal. Marcus Simeon, 31 years old. Why is this important? Because now we have a number that's kind of setting the shortstop market, right? So here's here's Marcus Simeon's market value according to Spot Track. Why isn't this coming up? Oh, there we go. Marcus Simeon's market value is 20 million. Now, when you think about that in comparison to other shortstops, what does that mean for the rest of these free agents? What's up, Donovan? Thanks for being here, buddy. What this means is that the Carlos Correa's of the world are going to expect to get at least 50% more than Marcus Simeon based, you know, just statistically and how he compares to the rest of the league. You know, defense-wise and everything else. So a 31-year-old shortstop getting $20 million a year. Well, that was his market value was $20 million. His contract, though, let's see. There you go. Seven years at $175 million, $25 million in 2022. So what is that? 175 divided by 7. How much is that? I don't know what that is. Hold on. 175 divided by 7. That is $25 million a year. You think Carlos Correa is going to get north of 30? Easily. So the Rangers, yeah, Rangers have to put at least 15,000 people in the stands. Congrats. Well, I tell you what, the Rangers kind of effed the market by doing this too. But. You know, they got their guy through thir- through age 38. So there you go. I don't know. Way to go, Rangers. Kind of screwed up the uh, the market for the rest of us, I suppose. Jerks. Idiots. All right. Uh, last of your... DeMarcus Cousins signed a one-year deal with the Bucks. Whoop-de-doo. No one cares. DeMarcus Cousins. Eh. 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 So Joe Pro said, I'd like to see all the potential spots Korea could get filled up. I'm beginning to be optimistic. Okay, that's one way to look at it. I still think people, you know, there's the the major players haven't made a move yet. 
Um, but yeah. Uh, what's up, Shelby? Welcome back, sweetie. Tolo Dallas said, AV, watch it. <laughs> uh, I like it. Um, yeah, Korea is definitely going to get a lot of money. I mean, who do you think will make more, Max Scherzer or Carlos Correa? I warned you guys that he might get $40 million a year. If Marcus Simeon is getting twenty five, yeesh. Ouch. All right, that is your headlines. That was your, um, that's the, the main points. Now, let's get to some week 12 NFL recap, shall we? I, uh, I'm going to pull this up here. Robbie Ray signed with the Mariners. Oh, did he? Donovan, I didn't see that. Uh, did that just happen? Let me see. MLB. Let's see. Where is it? Free, oh, oh, you know what? Let me just do this. Let me just go to the free agency tracker. We can pull up all this shit. Just make this, just make this so much easier. There we go. Zoom out. Hear that? It, it even listens. It even listens. Here you go. So Max Scherzer, there you go with the uh, with the Mets. That was today's signing. Yep. Uh, yesterday, Marcus Simeon and John Gray get deals with the Rangers. Kevin Gossman inks a five-year deal with the Blue Jays. Twins signed Byron Buxton to an incentive-laden deal. They needed to do that. Buxton's been kind of a disappointment, kind of a, a bust in a way, but I think he's got a ton of potential up there. So, uh, but I think they've been disappointed with his total output. Now, I'm not saying he's complete ass, but let's look. Uh, let me see here. Stats. 2021, 19 home runs, 32 RBIs, uh, hit 306, stole nine bases. I mean, he played in 61 games, played in 39 in the bubble season, 87. Dude's only played in 100 games once. When he's healthy and when he plays, he does decent. I mean, he's got a ton of potential. So, But I, th I think the Twins are like, hey, look, you know, the devil you know versus the devil you don't. We'll take it. Corey Kluber signed a one-year deal with the Rays. That's an arm I wish the Astros would have gone after, but they did not. Uh, Marlins added uh, Avicel Garcia. And then there's your big Astros signing. <laughs> Hector Nears, if you don't know who that is, former uh, potential closer. I believe of the Phillies. Is that where he was? Yeah. Phillies. Uh, so not, it probably fills your setup role. And then if, if, uh, if, if, uh, oh, why am I, why am I blanking on the Astros closers name? I can't think of his name right now, but if he falters, then that's your, that's your backup plan. This is your new, uh, Kendall Graveman right here. It's, I don't like it as much. Uh, not as good as Kendall Graveman, but that's the, the I guess that was the backup plan for for James Click. So there you go. Uh, what was it? Oh, what were we gonna look at? Oh yeah, the hot stove league. That's where we were at. Where the hell did it go? Nope. Where the fuck did it go? Oh, it was right here. There you go. Mm, dang it! All right, and then one other thing that we missed. Let's see. Oh, yeah, I think you guys saw this already, but uh, Vander Franco signs that extension, a multi-year extension, huge $185 million extension with the Rays, who never do that. Um, then some other, Starling Marte goes with the Mets as, as 
as well as Eduardo Escobar. So the Mets are spending a ton of money. I don't know, man. Sometimes the Mets, they seem, they seem snake-bitten like the Aggies or something. You know? Bad money chasing money. Brooks Raley just signed with the Rays? I mean, I'm not all that concerned about Brooks Raley leaving. Bye. Uh, so there you go. All right. Now, let's get to NFL week 12. I guess we'll talk about these Thursday games since we missed them. Bears-Lions was ass. Boring. Terrible. I missed the Raiders-Cowboys game, which was the game of the week. Or the game of the day, excuse me, on uh, Thanksgiving. And the reason I missed it is because my dad, I went to his house for Thanksgiving. And uh, he was like, I don't watch football. I was like, why Why can't we watch the game? He's like, because I served in the military and them sons of bitches kneel. I was like, first of all, you were in the Navy. That doesn't even count. Second of all. CC said, no, move along. No, move along. No, we're talking about it. Second of all, when's the last time you even know? Name me one player that you know that kneeled. You can't. The last one you could go back to was Colin Kaepernick. So stop it. Uh, But no, I didn't watch it. But really good football game. And then Bill Saints was a debacle. So I know we have a lot of Texans and Saints and Cowboys fans in this chat. And this was not your week's homies. This was not your week. Well, our week. I'm a I'm a Texans fan. Demata said, "Why doesn't the Navy count?" It was a joke, Demata. Jesus, stop it, young man. Ah, uh, yeah. Dandy Dan says, "Cece, if we have to hear about the awful Texans, you have to hear about the Cowboys." Yeah, yeah, you do. Yeah, you do. The problem with the Cowboys, man. They're they're O line. Dak is just running for his ever loving life right now. They're gonna have to get some pass protection for Dak if they if they if they expect to stand a chance. Um, just not looking good, man. Can't get beat by the Raiders. And look, I really, I really, I really believe, I really believe in this Cowboys team. I do. But the Eagles are starting to come back. The Eagles are making a run. They're looking good. Cowboys are going to have to get their shit together. Mike McCarthy's going to have to figure some things out. Don't know what they're going to do on that old line. It's too late in the season for trades and whatnot, but they need to figure some shit out, and they need to figure it out pretty quickly. Um, and then that Bill Saints game, man. The, I, I need the Bills and the Chargers and the Cowboys to figure out who they are and just be that. Right? Like, I need the Cowboys to either be good or bad. I need the Bills to either be good or bad. I need the Chargers to either be good or bad. They can't figure out what they want week to week. The Eagles are not running in place, Total Dallas. What are you? What are you? What are you talking about? Um, let's let's just do, let's just go take a gander over here. Eagles are running in place. The Eagles are five and seven. The Cowboys are seven and four. There's a three-game difference. A few weeks ago, this was over with. But the Cowboys losing two in a row. I mean, look, let's let's go back here. Let's see. Eagles, Eagles are three and two in their last five. Okay. Let's see. What are the Cowboys? They're probably three and two in their last five. Oh, 
making liars out of me and shit. Cowboys are two and three in their last five. The problem is, is they're one and three in their last four. They've got to figure something out. After all of this, after all of this, we get this, and it's the Broncos, the Falcons, the Chiefs, and the Raiders. I need them to figure it out. I really do. I need them to figure it out. They got the Saints. That's going to be an interesting game. But, yeah, I mean, this is not – I think the Eagles definitely needed to win this past weekend. So, that hurt them losing to the Giants, a division game. But Oh, that is true. Walt, I just saw that now half the Cowboys have COVID. See, this is what happens when I get behind a team. A team that I grew up hating, by the way, absolutely hated the Cowboys growing up, was able to put that aside and be objective and say, wow, I really dig this Cowboys football team. I don't know. You got one of the best offenses in football. You got studs up and down that defense. It's improved, but I don't know. I don't know. What used to be a strength with the offensive line is now a weakness. I think the problem might be Mike McCarthy. If we're if we're just putting all the cards on the table. How many Cowboys fans in this chat are happy with Mike McCarthy? How many Cowboys fans in this chat are are appreciate the job he's doing? I would be curious. CC, Total Dallas. Who else is a Cowboy fan in here? Oh, well, Frederick. <laughs> he said Mike McCarthy and figuring things out. Good luck with that. Yeah, that's the that's the that's the question. So, um, let's go back to the sketch. Close that. So the Texans, do we really need to rehash this? I mean, they lost who they did themselves a favor though. If you, uh, if you're a draft guy, <laughs> It's fine. He's fine. He's fine. No, CC. No, he's not. He's not fine. I, I don't. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what to think. He seems lost at times. I don't know. I just don't like Mike McCarthy. I guess. It's amazing though. I mean, what a quarterback can make you. How good a quarterback can make you look. Or how bad an offensive line can make you look, I guess. All right, anyways. Texans lose 21-14 to to the Jets. Uh, if you're looking for the worst records in the league. Right now, obviously, the Lions have the number one pick. Uh, but what other two-loss teams are out there? Well, the Lions are 0-10. They're, they're running away with the number one pick in the draft. But Jacksonville is 2-9. The Texans are 2-9. Everybody else has at least a three. There's at least, well, there's one three-win team in the Seahawks. Can you believe we're saying that, by the way? Seahawks, one of the worst teams in football, three and seven. Um, But yeah, so the, the Texans and the Jags actually play each other how many more times? One more time. So the Texans hold their destiny in their hands. They're going to lose to the Colts, obviously. Sigh. <sighs> 
It also they they need to go ahead and lose to the Jags. They'll lose to the Chargers and the Niners and the Titans. So really, really, what we're talking about here is Texans just need to lose to the Jags. They need to do their job and lose out. And the Jags, on the other hand, hopefully they play the Jets and can get a win. What does this look like? <laughs> there you go. There you go. We need the Jags to beat the Jets and right this ship for the Texans and get them the number two pick in the draft. Although. I was talking about that with Jerome today because I, I made the case that the Texans aren't even losing right, uh, can't do wrong right, uh, while we were filming the TV show. And Jerome Solomon of the Houston Chronicle started giving me a lecture on why the number one pick in the draft doesn't matter, especially this year. Which, look, it's not just the number one pick in, that dra- in, in the first round. You get the number one pick in every round. That's assets and capital that you can trade, move up and down, and all those things. So it, it, draft position absolutely does matter. And I pulled out charts that showed the higher a player is drafted, the more they've performed statistically throughout the course of the NFL. So it does matter where you draft, okay? It does matter where you draft. Now, what, what, what you got to keep in mind... Um, well, I see a super chat, but I didn't see it come through. There it goes. I wonder if it's on the, oh no. See Mark G. Thank you for the super chat, buddy. Mark G said time for shot. Number two, happy birthday, Scott and total Dallas. Now listen, Mark, I can't be okay. I'll do a shot. I don't give a shit. It's just uh fireball. That's all. Just a little, just a little fireball. Mark, this is for you, buddy. Thank you for your super chat. I appreciate you. The lost art of super chats. By the way, I was bitching at YouTube on Twitter. Somebody's like, have you seen their new stuff that they're planning for 2022? Now they're basically just trying to play catch up with Twitch. But Mark, I appreciate you, buddy. Cheers to you. Ah. All right, back to the Texans. And the draft. Thank you, buddy. Uh, Frederick said, if Thibodeau is there at two, Cal should draft him instead of a QB. Use the Deshaun first rounder on a QB. Yeah, that's the thing. Um, they love Thibodeau. He won't be there at two, though. I don't think. Lions are probably going to draft him. Uh, the best quarterback on the on the board uh, was that kid from uh, Ole Miss. M- Mallet or whatever the hell his name is. What's the old Miss quarterback? What the hell is his name? Coral. Matt Coral. Mallet. That was Ryan Mallet. <laughs> Frederick has PTSD looking at those shots. Yeah, but that's that's your that's your guy, right? Matt Coral, supposedly the number one pick. Um eh, we'll see. No, well, I should say number one pick. Number one quarterback on the on the uh, in the draft. But you, you, he's not a second pick overall kind of guy. I think you're right. If you could get him later in the draft, maybe take a flyer on him, whatever. We'll see. Not a sexy draft this year, it feels like. I mean, like we saw, you knew, and this was Jerome's point, which makes a lot of sense, but he's like, unless there's an Andrew Luck or whatever, there's no sure things that high. Okay, that's a good point. Because going into, even at this point in the season last year, all the talk was about Trevor Lawrence. That was all the talk. You don't really hear a name being thrown about and forced down your throat day in and day out from the sports media like you did Trevor Lawrence. I mean, Thibodeau's the sexy 
first overall pick. And he's if you watched him, I've watched the one game that he played in. And he looks like a stud. What the fuck do I know? But this might be the worst year in a while for the Texans to have a high draft pick. So, all right. Anyway, so that's that's enough about the Texans. Um, Bengals and Pittsburgh. Cincinnati beat Pittsburgh forty-one to ten. Didn't get to watch this game, but I'm telling you right now, lacking Heisman candidate. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, very true, Donna. Donna said lacking Heisman candidates also. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. Indeed. It's like, who? What? What's? Nobody's standing out. Spencer Rattler shit the bed. Like, mm. a lot of parody in college football. I mean, maybe Georgia's got a bunch of guys that somebody would want. Um, One thing to write down in your notebook, folks. Cincinnati's offense is really, really good. They're really, really good. Joe Mixon. Jamar Chase, Joe Burrow, they're feeling good. What's up, Flip? They're feeling good. They're playing well. I feel so bad for the Steelers, but man, Cincinnati right now looking good. I'm curious. Let's go to the let's go to the standings real quick. I'm curious what their plus minus looks like. Cincinnati is a plus 83. Wow. In the AFC, only two teams have a higher plus minus than them. So they're getting some good defense, 226. It's not terrible. It's not terrible. Best in that division. 309, best in that division. Won't be long. They'll catch the the Ravens if the Ravens aren't careful. What an ugly game that was last night. Ugly and crazy. Um, But you can see two of the better teams in football right now, Patriots and Bills, at least in the AFC, both with plus 146 because offensively they're great. Defensively they're great. But the Bengals, 309? 309 points scored through week 12. Keep an eye on them, man. I'm telling you, keep an eye on the Bengals. They very well could mess around and win that division. Tampa Bay beat the Colts 38-31. Uh, what do you say? I mean, this this the Colts team did did it's Carson Wentz versus Tom Brady. We, we, we know what Carson Wentz is. Another couple of interceptions uh, for Wentz. He hadn't thrown one in like eight of the last nine games. Um, but more of the Carson Wentz we've kind of expected. 306, three touchdowns. Going to do some good things. Going to do some bad things. Tom Brady with a ho-hum performance. 226 yards, touchdown, interception. But the run game. Fournette goes off. Three touchdowns. And uh, yeah. Rob Gronkowski. 123 yards, no touchdowns, but Tampa's tough, man. Colts showing well, though. Colts going in and, and, and losing a tough one to the defending world champs. But the Colts have played well. In fact, I think Liebeshock on SportsRite had picked the Colts to, to win that game. Kind of crazy. Uh, Miami surprised some folks. 33-10 to 10 over the Panthers. Didn't see that coming. Didn't see that coming at all. Now, I didn't watch this game. Cam got benched, by the way, in case you're curious. Dude had a 5.8 rating. 5 of 21, 92 yards. I'm back, and then you're not. And then you're not. You're back, and then you're not. Who had four touchdowns? Who had four touchdowns? Oh, Fournette. Oh, yeah, he had a receiving touchdown. That's right. Poor Cam. Um... But remember when Cam said he was back and then he wasn't? 
PJ Walker came in and did a better job, although his QBR was 1.7. Man, what are you doing, Carolina? Who would have ever thought? Who would have ever thought that a team in the NFL would be like, man, we really miss Sam Darnold? <laughs> what? What? But that's the case in Carolina. Oh, look at Justin. Come on, Justin. I'm bad. <laughs> that's outstanding, Justin Swinford. Well done. Well done. Walt said Colts had the lead and didn't run the ball in the third. I'm in the third quarter. Oh, no shit. Yeah, I didn't watch the game at all, Walt. I didn't give a shit. Didn't give a shit. Laminator 5000 took a beating this week, but I still made money. I'll explain it a little bit. Uh, oh, you had Fournette on your bench. Mark, you big dummy. I probably would have benched him too. CMC, 10 carries, 35 yards. Now he's injured. Cam sucks. Carolina's in a world of hurt. Carolina started off pretty well too, didn't they? I, I mean, Sam Darnold had everybody being like, wow. Jets who? Yeah, they started out hot, 3-0. and And then, of course, they played the Jets and the Texans. And then they came crashing back down to earth. And here they are. They've won two since, what, two and what? Two, four, six, seven. They're two and seven in their last nine. Ugh. 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 Pretty ugly. Now, Heartthrob over here. Heartthrob, Finn's 10 and seven. Book it. Mm, uh, Philip, Philip, oh Philip, Philip, do you really, do you really look at it? Look at it. Look at look at Linda, Linda. Look, Linda, Linda, Linda. Look at this shit. Look at this shit. Look how many in a row they've lost. Now they've won four in a row, but damn, Bills, Raiders, Colts, Bucks, Jags, Falcons, Bills. One of these things is not like the other. Falcons, too. But they lost to some good teams. Lost to the Bills twice. Raiders, Colts. Okay. But now they've got wins over the Texans and the Jets. You're right, Phillip. The Dolphins are awesome. I mean, the Ravens win is good. But you're expecting them to win out against the Jets. Okay. And the Jet. Okay. The same. Okay. They're definitely not winning those last two, Phillip. I, I hate to, uh, sir, I don't care what if you said what you said. What you said was dumb. Dummy. More like the Miami dumbasses because they're fans. No, I'm just kidding, Philip. Uh, yeah, they're definitely not winning uh, the last two games of the season unless the Patriots are just coasting and Belichick will sit everybody. He don't give a shit. Well, that's not good. It's not good sportsmanship. Belichick's like, I don't give a shit. I'm trying to win Super Bowls, bitches. I'm sitting everybody. Practice squad is playing final week of the season. So look, could the Dolphins go one, four and one down the stretch? Maybe. I think three and two, two and three is probably a little more accurate. And look, eight and nine, nine and eight. The way with that losing streak, you can't be upset with that, Philip Barnard. Although I thought the Dolphins would acquit themselves much better than what they did this year, so they should be they should be considered a disappointment. <sighs> Tua, Tua, Tua. Uh, what else is on the schedule here? Come on, get no one gives a shit. Let's move on. 
Fidel said, I picked up some Dan's on Saturday after I worked on my truck. Nice. Very nice. All right. Let's get to the rest of the schedule after the break. So we got to get to get out of here. We got to still talk about New England, Tennessee. And well, there's just the whole thing. We'll, we'll get to this. I, I watched the last night's game. Uh, we still have more to cover. We got to talk about rivalry week in the uh, college football landscape, which was insane and bananas. I maybe we won't touch on all of these football games. Some of these are boring as shit. Maybe we won't. We need to talk college football. So we're going to talk college football after the break. We'll talk Lincoln Riley and his jump to USC. Uh, we'll talk about my Aggies and what's going on there. And then I have a video. It won't be a full-on ass um, uh, film session, but I have a three-minute video of a cowboy fan losing his shit at Thanksgiving, and we're going to watch the whole thing. You're not going to want to miss that. I promise you. I promise you that. We're going to get to that at about 3.30, 3.45 uh, before we get out of here. But until then, we're going to take a quick break. I'm going to go pee. I'm going to get a refill on the Diet Coke. What am I doing here? Let me get Get a refill on the Diet Coke. You're going to go pee or poop or whatever it is you do during the break. And then we're all going to come back. We're going to talk some college football. Maybe a little more NFL. Maybe. Is no one gives a shit? Weird week. But we're going to have a lot more fun right after this break. Do not go anywhere. This is Barry on Deck. I'm your host, Barry Lamanek. Enjoy the break as Steven Uzik, Lil Uzi, a fellow deckhead, brings you the weather report. Here we go. Hey Deckhead, Steven Music, aka Steven the Weather Guy here with your BiffNet forecast update. Well, after a little bit of a gloomy weekend, we're going to have a, a really nice week coming up. We're going to start off around 70 degrees Monday and Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday, we're going to warm back up into the upper 70s and it's going to stay that way through the rest of the week and then probably close to 80 degrees by the time we get to the weekend. Uh, no real sign of the next cold front until probably uh, into next week or so. So we have a little bit of a warm stretch coming up. Nighttime lows are going to be in the in the 50s to start off the week and then rise into the 60s as we get later into the week. Um, so it should be nice out there. It won't feel quite as fall-like as it has the past few days. Um, but, uh, you know, and get out and enjoy it. Uh, next, like I said, the next real shot of cooler weather and rain isn't probably until later next week. So stick around after the break or go fuck yourself. Barry Lavinack, thank you guys for sticking around through the break. Those of you that did, those of you that didn't, kind of go. 
fuck yourselves. Uh, are we even, do we have anybody watching on Facebook? I don't think so. Why am I not getting a... Yeah. Why is my... Uh... I'm not getting any Facebook messages. This is highly irregular, Sam. Yeah, I'm not seeing any Facebook messages come through. And I see Reyes is over there. Eric Resendez is over there. Juan Martinez Moreno is over there. What's up, Juan? Uh, but that was 50 minutes ago. I missed it. Let's see. Drunk Barry is back. Yeah, a little bit. What's up, Anthony? After last night's game, uh, Lamar can't be trusted. Ooh, you think so, Anthony? Mm. Mm. I don't know. I mean, that was kind of an anomaly, really, the four interceptions. All right, so if you notice, I, uh, uh-oh, I think I just showed my address to the entire internet. I know you guys like doing un- uh, unboxings, so I have in my hands um, a package that was left on the door. I don't even know what it is. I forget what I order. Hopefully this isn't a dong or a dildo or something like that. It is. Oh, yeah. So daddy for Black Friday or maybe it was Cyber Monday. I don't know which. I have been wanting a smart lock for our back door forever. And so we, I found a great deal on one and, uh, daddy used his TV money and bought a smart lock for the back door. And I don't want to put one on the front door cause it wouldn't match, but this is, this is kind of dope. I'm excited about this. I'm uh look at that. This is what the lock looks like. This is the, this is the lock. So it has the a fingerprint reader. So you can put your fingerprint on there. You can punch in the code and also apparently it's got a key. How dope is that folks? Huh? Huh? How dope is that? Uh, I'm excited about this. I'm going to install this. I'm going to install this after the show today. And then I'm not going to tell Nora the code so she can't get in into the. Uh Oh, what the hell happened here? What what is going on here? Why does that look like that? What? Look, I broke the some bitch. What happened? Rip Sir Frank Williams. He was seventy nine. Legendary F one driver. Man, get your ass out of here, Demonda. Ain't nobody talking about no damn. Uh oh, I broke this bitch. Oh, okay. I was like, oh shit. I had to fix it. I'm going to install it and not tell Nora the code. And I'm going to be like, yeah, what's up? Uh, Okay. So it's childproof. Kiss my ass, Justin Swinford. Kiss my ass. Christy, how dare you be late? 30 lashes with a wet noodle. Uh, All right. Let's talk some college football. I don't want to talk any more pros. The it wasn't a good week for, for pro football. It really, if we're being honest, it was kind of ass, right? I mean, it, look, let's just let's just get to the rest of the schedule real quick. Just just right, right fast. Here you go. Rest of your games. Patriots are the real freaking deal. 
uh, 36-13 win over Tennessee. Uh, we talked already. Giants beat Philly 13-7. to uh, Atlanta beat Jacksonville 21-14. We mentioned the Houston Jets game already. Denver beat the Chargers 28-13. My Chargers are ass. My Chargers. Green Bay beat the Rams 36-28. to and uh, San Francisco beat Minnesota 34-26. Finally, last night, Sunday night game, Baltimore beat Cleveland 16-10 in a weird, somewhat interesting game. <sighs> I know, tardiness, how can I? Exactly, how dare you? We all have lives to live, Christy. I don't expect you to be living yours here. Um, okay, let's do some college football. Let's get to, uh, let's get to the sketch. Boy, what a rivalry week it was. Way more entertaining, Joe Pro. Way more entertaining. Agree 100%. So, let's get to some of the games. Friday, not a ton of good games. I mean, you had some ranked players playing. Cincinnati winning was big. 35-13, to they beat East Carolina. Good for them. They should stay in the playoff picture. You like seeing that. Uh, all the really good games occurred on Saturday. Why are you staring at me? Oliver's staring at me. Yeah, that Bama-Auburn game. Bama. What? What? I saw somebody tweet out. I think it was Fred Fowler tweeted out and said that um, he thinks your top four playoff teams in college. <laughs> Jensen, I'll be back after this. Can't listen to Buckeye hate. We're not going to hate on the Buckeyes. We're just going to be honest about the Buckeyes. Okay. That's all. That's all. Cece said, blah. Cece's a Roll Tide fan. She's a Bama fan. Not a pretty win, Cece. I know, Katie. Katie said, I'm excited to see my Cougs play Cincy. Going to be fun. Going to be fun. Cougs could upset the apple cart. I'd like to see Cincy win that game. Katie, not just, not, I don't, not, not, no hate towards the Cougars, but I really want a non Power Five conference team to be in the playoffs. I really want them to upset the apple cart in that way. And I think they're a better football team than U of H. Taking nothing away from U of H, Cincinnati's a really good football team. Um, so, Georgia beat Georgia Tech. Wasn't close. Ohio State and Michigan. Oh, Jen. You know, the Buckeyes had the whole world in their hands. All you had to do was beat Michigan, win the Big Ten, and they do neither. And now Michigan definitely. Well, Katie said, yeah, U of H is not a power five team, buddy. Right, but they don't have a chance of cracking the top four. And that's my point. The U of H doesn't have a chance of making the playoffs this year, even with a win over Cincinnati. This is not going to happen. Not from They're not going to go from 24 to four. So, if Cincinnati can win out, it'd be good for non-Power Fives. Okay. Uh, Michigan definitely did themselves a solid. I could see Michigan moving up to number two. If you're five in the country and you beat two, and you beat them like Michigan beat them 42-27, to 27, and it wasn't close, it was an ass-whooping, Michigan should be the number two team in the country behind Georgia. Purian. Purian. It took, it took Bama four overtimes to beat Auburn. I'm sorry, folks. You can hate me if you want, CeCe. I love you, boo-boo.
I'm not so sure that Bama should be three or maybe even four. I could see, I mean, Cincinnati should be three. And Bama struggling again, not looking great again. Not look, I shouldn't say great. They look fine. They're just not dominant like they have. They're not Georgia this year. And we're used to Georgia being Bama or Bama being Georgia, however you want to put it. They're just, they look like a good football team, not a great football team. Shock had a great tweet. He said, Bama's going to lose and actually vault up in the rankings. Pretty accurate. Notre Dame beating Stanford. And Oak State beating Oklahoma. Now, a lot of people loved it. And Phillip. Phillip wants Oklahoma State being number four in the country. And here's the discussion, right? So let's go to let's go to the rankings. Let's pull this up. The AP poll and all that stuff. Let's go over here. Rankings. Oh, that's recruiting. Damn it. No, I want that's not what I want. Get on, get. So the AP poll is out, and here's how it looks. Yay! So Michigan jumps up four spots to number two. Cincinnati three, Bama four, Oak State five, Notre Dame falls a spot, Ohio State falls five spots, Old Miss, Baylor, Oregon. There's your top ten, according to the AP poll. All right? What I want to look at is, is let's check out uh, here we go. CFP rankings. There we go. This is what we care about. Let's discuss, shall we? Ohio State loses. They're 10 and 2. They're done. Bama wins, but they struggle in overtime. Oh, Francisco said, I'm watching Barry on deck while waiting on tacos. Well, thank you. And, uh, Godspeed to your tacos. Love me some taco. Pink. Ta- okay. Uh, Bama struggling. Cincinnati winning handily again. Again, it's not a big deal. Who they beat? East Carolina. Eh. But Michigan winning. So here's what I think happens. Georgia obviously remains 11-0. Michigan leaps frogs to number two. I think Bama, Cincinnati moves up to number three because Bama struggled. Now, the question becomes, does number seven Oklahoma State with a win against a top 10 team in OU move up enough to, to pass Alabama? I love you, Philip Barnard, but I absolutely do not think that the committee is going to allow that to happen. But wait, but wait, Philip. Just all you need to do is wait one more week, buddy. All you need to do is wait one more week because Bama is probably going to lose to Georgia in the SEC championship game. If Georgia does their part. What's up, Paul? Yeah, you're super early. Asshole. Uh, Man, this beard is, oh my God, I can't wait to shave this thing. It's so itchy. It's awful. It's all wiry and shit. Uh, It's not this coming week. That's, I mean, it's, it's, it is, it's championship week, right? So we're going to see the SEC championship, Big 12 championship. Those two games are basically going to decide what's going to happen. And and obviously Cincinnati and UH. 
So those those three games really are are, are going to end up determining. And Notre Dame just sitting back like, yeah, hey, we're just waiting, baby, just waiting. So let's let's take a look at the schedule going into this is week thirteen. We want week fourteen. There we go. Georgia and Bama, UH and Cincinnati, Baylor, Oak State for the Big 12 title, Georgia, Bama for the SEC title, Houston, Cincinnati for the AAC title, Michigan, Iowa for the Big 10 title, and those are the ones that matter. This one could be really interesting now. Baylor, you know, I know I know OU is going to move up. Who did Baylor just beat? Who was there? Oh, Texas Tech. Yeah. If Baylor beats Oak State, boy, that's going to make it interesting. If Bama loses to Georgia, let me ask you folks. If Bama loses to Georgia, is this committee going to put a two-loss Bama team in the playoffs? Their losses would be to Georgia. Okay. Everybody's lost to Georgia that they've played. And A&M, who absolutely shit the bed. I'm here to tell you right now, I don't think a two-loss Bama team makes it. I think the winner of the Big 12 conference is going to be in. I think the winner of the Big 10 conference game is going to be in. I think the winner of the SEC conference game is going to be in. And then Cincinnati. But I don't think this year, because Bama has already lost a game, that the winner of the SEC and the loser of the SEC gets in. As we've seen in the past. In the past, going into this game, Georgia would be undefeated, Bama would be undefeated, and the loser would probably still make the playoffs. But Bama, if they lose, would be a two-loss team. Now the upheaval begins if Bama wins. Now what? Georgia has a one loss. Bama has beat the number one team in the country. Yeah, you're probably looking at two SEC teams in the top four again. And if Cincinnati beats U of H, they should be in. So what do you do with the winner of the Big Ten and the Big 12? Which one of those is not in? Well, I guess Michigan, as long as they handle their business, they're in. And there's your top four. But man, if Oak State beats Baylor, who might be ranked as high as seven or six, what are you going to do? <laughs> That's probably true, Joe Pro. That's probably true. He said, right now they're trying to figure out how you still put Bama in. Yeah, but Auburn is pretty good. Okay. Um, This is going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be a lot of fun next week. College football on Saturday is going to be must watch. I'm going to be in Corpus Christi. I got a gig uh, two days down there, so I'm going to get to watch it from my hotel room with nothing else to do. So I'm excited about that. Tiddly wings for the last playoff spot, Paul. Might not be a bad idea. Make them run a race. All right. Everyone send their fastest player. We're going to do like a combine race. That might be not a bad idea. That'd be kind of cool. Celio said, leave it to Billy O to fuck everything up at Bama in his first year. Of course, Celio. Who do you think? It's Billy O.B. Of course he was going to mess that shit up. A lot of fun, though. Zoom out. A lot of fun in college football this week during rivalry week. And next week on the schedule looks really, really good. Um, so it, now's a great time if you haven't been watching college football to tune in. Great time. 
Of course my Aggies Aggied. I don't want to say I'm a genius. I'm a genius. Uh, I pretty much predicted this was going to happen. Didn't I tell you guys that the Aggies would go into the season like 6-5 in the country? They would shit the bed early, climb back into the top 15. So far, I'm dead on ass accurate, and then falter down the stretch and maybe not even make the top 25. Nailed it. Oh, yeah. Zoom out. My bad, Flip. The fucking Aggies are ass. This should be called the Assies. Go Tigers. You shut up, Justin Swinford. I know we got a lot of LSU Tiger fans. Oh, what, what the hell's happening? What the hell was that? What the hell just happened? <laughs> Shit's got weird. I know we have a lot of LSU Tiger fans. I mean, I could have told you this was going to happen. I, I just, you, you kind of knew. It, of course the Aggies would send Ed Orgeron out on a winning note in the last two minutes of the game. Of course they would. For the record, that LSU football team isn't, isn't as talented as that Aggies football team. is. Now, I don't like Calzada. I think he's ass. Never liked that kid since he took over. But, boy, what you gonna do? D-Mata said, why does this shit happen every year? I don't know. But I, since my, since my six, since I was six years old, I have watched this. Every year. Every year. Donna said that game could have gone either way. Actually, Donna, all the Aggies defense had to do was not be dumb. Not give up big plays in the last two minutes of the game. I mean, they even made reference. They were getting after, uh, what's his name, LSU quarterback. They were they were doing a good job getting penetration behind that offensive line. I mean, Aggies are bad, snake-bitten, cursed, whatever you want to call it. Crazy thing is, maybe you've seen this movie before. Every year I've seen this movie, but look at this. Uh, Kyle Umlong did a comparison of Jimbo Fisher. And Kevin Sumlin. If you recall, Kevin Sumlin came in the same time that the Aggies moved to the SEC. Big win over Bama. Made some noise. Slowly shit the bed after that. Well, Jimbo Fisher's really not much different. Both of them threw 48 games of their career at Texas A&M. 34 wins each. Ranked wins. Jimbo had, has seven. Sumlin had nine. Road wins against ranked opponents. Sumlin had five. Jimbo Fisher is not one on the road against a ranked opponent yet. Salary, someone was making 13. Jimbo Fisher making 30. And then Jimbo Fisher wants to say, I'm not going to LSU. I'm happy where I'm at. Bro, let me tell you something. I don't even blame Jimbo Fisher. This is the curse of Texas A&M football. This has nothing to do with how bad Jimbo Fisher is. I mean, he proved he could win at Florida State. And I think if you put Jimbo Fisher at LSU where they're not snake-bitten and cursed, he probably wins there too. There's something in the water in A&M, in, in Bryan College Station. I just believe that. I don't give a shit. You could bring in Vince Lombardi. They're going to shit the bed. You could go get... 
Doesn't matter. Sucks. Sucks! Celio said, Kyle Umlung. I wonder if it's the same Kyle Umlung I went to high school with. Can't be too many of those around. I don't know. No idea. Jimbo going to be the mayor of Baton Rouge here shortly anyways. Well, so let's talk about that for a second. So, rumor mill was, rumor mill was swirling that for a while it was either going to be Jimbo Fisher or Lincoln Riley that took over at LSU. Which I'm kind of like... I guess that's a better job, but if you think about it, you're Jimbo Fisher, you're already in the SEC. You've got the fourth largest stadium in the country in A&M. You've got a ton of recruiting, a ton of money, and I get that LSU has that as well. So is it really a better job to go to LSU than it is to be at Texas A&M? I mean, if you're at A&M, this whole state is yours right now. Who's the best college football team in Texas? UH, that's who. Maybe Baylor. That's it, though. It is Baylor. Baylor and UH. Even UTSA lost. <laughs> I'm sorry, Rams. But, like, this state is yours if you want to take over in Bryan College Station. Texas is down. All these other schools are down. Texas is ripe for the picking right now. LSU is obviously a great job, but I think LSU is a great job if you're coming from a lower level SEC school or another conference. But if you're coming from Bama or, I mean, even if you're Auburn, LSU is a better job, right? But I don't know why A&M wouldn't be as good of a job as LSU because you can't take into account what they've done in the past, right? Like Ed O won a national title. That's going to have no bearing on whoever takes over in LSU. It's all about boosters and recruiting classes and stadiums and facilities and everything else. And A&M has all that. They just don't win. So Lincoln Riley was rumored to be taken over at LSU, as was Jimbo Fisher. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Lincoln Riley yesterday drops a bombshell in the college football world and decides he's taking his talents to... USC. I was trying to think of a beach. What's that one beach? What's the one beach in uh, Venice Beach? He's taking his talents to Venice Beach, although USC's in Compton. But the tweet came out. Lincoln Riley's leaving OU to become the new head coach at USC per sources. is happening. Huge get for the Trojans in the Pac-12, and it really is a big deal. My question is, is... USC a better gig than OU. Now, the argument can be made a couple of different ways here. Obviously, OU, best school in their state, even though they lost to Oak State. Sorry, Phillip. But I think if you ask anybody, they'd rather be a coach and a player at OU just based on tradition alone and everything else. But this year, Oak State was better. And Bedlam. Which, by the way, Bedlam, what a what a game. Oh, my God. But I think what this comes down to is recruiting. It, and, and I personally think Lincoln Riley did this because I think in part he knew that OU's future in the SEC was going to be 
very, very difficult. I think you can look at A&M and see that, yes, they had a good first game or a good first year in the SEC with Johnny Manziel and Mike Evans. But then they have not fared well since then. Eight and five is the norm or somewhere in there. It's the SEC football, baby. I mean, look at LSU. They're two years removed from a national title, and Ed O just lost his job. It is not easy to win and and compete and play in the SEC. Gus Malzahn, uh, Auburn. I mean, you just it's everywhere. Florida. Georgia had, has finally turned a corner and, and become the cream of the crop in the SEC, but it won't last long, I promise you. Nick Saban will have Bama right back on top of it. It is very, very difficult. And I think Texas knows that going, and I think OU knows that, but they care about money. They don't give a shit at the end of the day about they'll fix that. They'll get new coaches and recruit and all that. But I think a guy like Lincoln Riley looks at that and says, well, let's see. Now I'm going to the SEC. Now I've got to recruit against. I've been having to fight for Texas recruits as is, but now I'm going to be up against Bama and LSU year in and year out. Georgia, year in and year out. Man, what? They can go to the USC, and I saw somebody make this mention. The recruiting, they're 2,000 miles away from the SEC guys that are recruiting. That was the comment. And that makes a lot of sense when you think of it. Now you're competing against California schools, UCLA, Stanford. They're, they're Cal. I mean, there they're are really good schools in, in California, yes. But USC should be the destination school for recruits in that state. It's going to be easier to recruit there. And the caliber of player you're recruiting versus Oklahoma is better. But then you've got the rest of the West Coast. You can move in some to Arizona, Nevada. and I mean, you just have a, I think recruiting for USC is a little bit easier than it would be for OU in the SEC. Plus, he probably got thrown a shitload of money. I haven't seen the numbers, but it was probably an ass. Like, they just backed the truck up for him. But now what? <laughs> House said, we can start the show now. I am here from meetings. Oh, thank God, House. All right, let me go live. I was just, this was all just bullshit. Let me go live now. But now what do you do? So, Lincoln Riley goes to... USC, OU is now a job that's open. LSU is still open. Jimbo Fisher's name still being thrown around for the LSU job. After losing to LSU, Jimbo Fisher has been adamant about he's got the best job in the country, yada, yada, yada. We're going to find out. The kid that was at Louisiana, um, what's his name? Not the kid. He took over at Florida. Uh, let's see. Florida, cool or whatever the hell his name? Florida Gators coach. No, not Dan Mullen. Billy Napier. Yeah, Raging Cajun's a coach. I don't know why I was thinking it was H. Billy Napier. That's a good get. Dude did a hell of a job at Louisiana. It's going to be tough. Good state to recruit in. Good, good next step for him. But what does OU and LSU do? These are destination colleges. These are the places that most college football coaches are trying to get to. So what's going to happen with Jimbo? There's talks that Bill O'Brien might be getting a head coaching job. 
I don't know. I do know that uh, Ed Orgeron is not going to be coaching an LSU's bowl game. Lincoln Riley's not going to be coaching an OU's bowl game. Bob Stoops is going to coach OU's bowl game. That's pretty wild. Hartrop said, Bob Stoops on recruiting. The players are OU, not myself, not Barry Switzer, not Lincoln Riley. Doesn't matter. They're already transferring. Once Lincoln Riley leaves, that's who you're buying into. Bob Stoops can say what he wants, Heartthrob. The head coach of a college football team is the team. Recruits go to that school for the coaching. Unless they grew up like a diehard Aggie or Longhorn in there. But when you become a blue chip five-star recruit, I don't give a shit if you were a diehard Sooners fan your entire life. If you're a five-star running back and Bama comes a calling, peace. What if Bob comes back? I don't think Stoops will come back. I mean, you know, if they win their bowl game, they probably would want him back. But I don't know. That would be interesting, though, Lisa, right? Oh, I'm sure they reached out. Hey, any interest in uh, coming back and being relevant again? Maybe he does. Maybe he doesn't. You think Ed O gets a shot at OU? Does Ed O coach anywhere besides LSU? Maybe in another school. Maybe he takes over at Louisiana. Maybe Ed O becomes the next head coach of the Raging Cajuns. I know he wants to spend time with his family and all this and that, but I don't know. Could be worse. Oh, my God. I swear to you. Alex? Alex said Barry's going to get a double dose of O'Brien, Texans, and then Aggies. If Bill O'Brien becomes the next head coach of the my beloved Texas Aggies, I will never root for that college again. It's a good thing I didn't go there because I can't quit them. But I will never, I swear to you, not just until they fire him, I will be out on Texas A&M forever. I, I will be a free agent for college football. And I will find a new team to get behind and root for. It won't be the Longhorns. I just, I, I refuse to allow that to happen. I just won't do it. Just won't do it. I can't, I can't do it. Please don't put that bad mojo out there on me. Please don't do that. Um, so there's your Lincoln Riley update. That's interesting. We'll see what happens at LSU and OU. And then one other thing. I mean, I, I didn't talk about this, but the headline. Uh, okay, I got the Fisher thing. I got the Lincoln Riley thing. The the So the, the show thumbnail was, um, speaking of coaching, the show thumbnail was about NFL Week 12. And Bill Belichick. Is he going to get coach of the year? Does Bill Belichick deserve to be coach of the year? Cliff Kingsbury doing a great job in Arizona. But I think with a rookie quarterback, as good as that defense is playing, I think Bill Belichick is your coach of the year. Which is a little crazy to think. It looks like they're the best team in the AFC. Again. Again. Name me five Patriots not named Mac Jones. Go ahead. You, Some of you are going to have to Google that shit. Like if I asked you to name me five bucks, that's easy, right? Brady, Evans, Gronk, Fournette. Like you just go on and on and on. 
Same thing with some of these others. Hell, Texans fans can name two Arizona Cardinals like that. You got a rookie quarterback. I could maybe be be a Cougs fan. At least I could go to their games. Tickets would be easy to get. <laughs> okay, that was inappropriate. Right now, Belichick is proving it wasn't just Brady making them good. That's a that's a good point, Dandy Dan. I think that brings up another good uh, NFL conversation that we'll have. And then we're going to get to this Cowboys video and call it a day. You do not want to miss this Cowboys video. It's, an ama- it's amazing. But Dandy Dan has a good point, and I think a rational discussion that needs to be had. After year one of Brady and Belichick breaking up and going their separate ways and just being friends and finding someone else to love, I think that... Uh, we saw, and, and I was the first to say, I guess we got our answer because for so long in the NFL, we always asked, is it really Brady making Belichick look good or is it Belichick making Brady look good? I had to burp. And then after year one, oh, that's a great point. Walt. and then after year one, we all said, well, I mean, there's your proof. Brady goes on and wins the Super Bowl. Patriots and Cam just kind of floundering and flopping around over there. But then year two, Belichick just keeps his head down. We're on to year two. We're on to we're on to twenty twenty one. They go out and they get Mac Jones. Belichick does his defensive wizardry. I showed you the numbers earlier. And they're back. Right back where they left off in twenty nineteen. I, you couldn't have told me that the Bills weren't going to run away with the AFC East. You could not have told me that. And yet, here they are, fighting to stay relevant in the AFC East with the with the Patriots. So while the Bills are trending in the wrong direction, the Patriots are trending in the right direction. And I think now it's safe to say the following. Was it Brady or was it Belichick? It was both. Take nothing away from what Tom Brady did. Take nothing away from what Bill Belichick did. But this is why they were a dynasty. This is why they were so good. Because you had two guys that were excellent at what they do. Bill Belichick is an excellent football coach. And he's proving that with a ragtag group of... I just want to go look at the depth chart. Let me just just go over here. Pull up the NFL. Go to the Pats. Go to depth chart. Scenes. Zoom out. There you go. Mac Jones, Damian Harris, Jacoby Myers, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, Hunter Henry. Oh, I forgot about Hunter Henry. Probably the second best player on that offense. Jacob Johnson, Isaiah Wynn, Ted Karras, David Andrews, Shaq Mason, and Trent Brown. That's a pretty, that's a pretty damn good offensive line. <laughs> Super sexy, right? Oh, yeah, Devin McCourty. I forgot he's still there. Dante Hightower is still there. Look at that. I mean, not a lot of sexy names on this New England Patriots offense or defense. I mean, seriously. No sexy names. Do they even have, like, let's see. Let's go to the home. Let's let's look at their statistics they are 14th in passing yards, 12th in rushing yards, 
27th in points for, first in points against. This is all defense, baby. This is all defense. But Mac Jones, we talked about him being a game manager. Next thing you know, he's not just a game manager. He's putting up 300 yards here and there. Credit where credit is due, man. Let's see his uh, game log. Look at that. Like when he, you know, 280 yards, 186 yards, 270, 275, 231, 229. It was like, okay. And he went off for 300 against the Jets, 217, 139, 198, 207, 310. Here's the key. He's only thrown eight interceptions. Three of those were in one game against the Saints. Three interceptions in one game. Otherwise, you know, is is he the quintessential game manager? I, I think he's more than just a game manager, but that's all he has to be with that defense. Oh, holy shit. Wait a minute. Is that true? Corey Seager to the... Rangers. Let's pull up the free agency thing. Let's see here. All right, so nothing's dropped on ESPN. Uh, let's go to Twitter real quick. Uh, nope. Get out of here. Home. I'm seeing Correa's name trending. Huh. That's funny. Somebody tweeted out that Correa signed a $270 million deal with the Yankees just trying to get clout here. Um, Yeah, I'm not seeing the Corey Seager deal. Let's go to Jeff Passens and see his account. Let's see Jeff Passens reporting. Breaking. Here, I'll, I'll share this. Uh, oop. Got to make sure we're accurate here, folks. Got to make sure we're accurate here. There we go. So there's Jeff Passan. Right there. Breaking news. Shortstop Corey Seager and the Texas Rangers are in agreement on a 10-year, $325 million deal. Sources familiar with the situation tell ESPN. And... Passing out ads in the span of 24 hours, the Rangers have committed half a billion dollars to Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon. Just like that, they've got the best middle infield in baseball as they start their rebuild. Flips it. I'm sitting outside blasting Barry on deck while these white folks walk by. Hello, white people! Uh, I tell you what, I kind of feel bad for Rangers fans because you feel like this is going to come crashing down. <laughs> you know what this reminds me of, folks? Zoom out. I'm not calling my shot. This is two really good signings for the Rangers. Congratulations, Total Dallas. I'm happy for you, buddy. Fact is, fact is, this just smacks 
of the Los Angeles Angels. You feel like they're going to have all the hitting in the world, but no pitching. So congratulations, the Texas Rangers are the Angels of Texas. The Texas Angels and the Anaheim Rangers. Good job. That's what it feels like. Now maybe they sign an ace, I don't know. I was going to wave and say, well, I guess Correa is going to get 350. Oh, no, no, no. Correa, what was the deal? $325 million deal. Um, oh, there's the Robbie Ray thing an hour ago. Robbie Ray heads to Seattle. It's a good get for them. Folks. Boy, the West, think about this. Think about the additions to the West. Robbie Ray goes to the Mariners. Corey Seager and Marcus Simeon go to the Rangers. You got Otani and Trout in Anaheim. Jesus. Astros have added Verlander. Donna said Crane's not paying that and he's not going 10 years. Well, then the Astros can kiss their reign as... AL West champs goodbye. That's going to be tough to compete with those teams if you don't add Correa back to the squad or someone similar. But let's uh, let's let's hop over here to Spot Track and see. Yes, I meant Spot Track, not Spot Trace. Shut your horn mouth, stupid Googles. Uh, let's go MLB payroll nope salary rankings tractors tools free agent tracker there we go zoom out just give us the chip now shut up total dallas so there you go um 2022 all statuses so Corey seager signs 32 mil marcus simeon 25 mil both of them with the rangers now, I like that Passon said this was going to be a middle infield thing. Are they thinking that, did Seeger play uh, second? Didn't he play some second base? Which one of these guys? It's got to be Seeger that played second. I don't know who you're moving to second here. Let's, uh, let's do baseball reference. Hold on. Let's see. Baseball. We're going to have to get to, uh, we'll probably have to get to that Cowboys video tomorrow. Let's see, Marcus Simeon. Positions played in 2021. Ooh, I spilled my drink. So Simeon played 4-6 and DH. After playing shortstop, he did play some second base last year. And I don't know, we could probably look for a breakdown uh, and then you got Corey Seager. Did he play second last year or was it strictly short and third? Yeah, he just played shortstop. Okay. So he just played shortstop. So Marcus Simeon is going to be your second baseman for the Rangers. Corey Seager remains your shortstop. Okay. 
I see you. So there you go. Look look at all those signings. Brooks Raley picked up. Uh, who's left? Zach Greinke's still out there. Clayton Kershaw's still out there. Chris Bryant's still out there. Marcus Stroman's still out there. Freddie Freeman. Just short stops. What is this? Why is this not showing uh, Anderson Tejada? No, no, no. Oh, there's Correa. Okay. So Trevor Story is still available. Carlos Correa is still available. Javi Baez is still available. What wouldn't hurt my feelings is if they signed Javi Baez. I don't want Trevor Story as an Astro. I just don't. I think his numbers are inflated because of Colorado, period. But if the Astros don't re-sign Carlos Correa, and I think they should try. And if Corey Seager got 32 mil a year for 10 years and Marcus Simeon got 25 a year for seven, you can bet that what was Seager's uh, market value versus Correa? Let's see here. Come on, bitch. It's not loading for some reason. What the fuck? There we go. Why is this so slow? So Seager's market value was almost 32. And he got 32.5. Okay. If we take a look back here. Let's see. Nope. We want to go back one more. What the hell? I'm trying to get back to Here we go. No, Correa. So Seager, they said, was worth about 32. He got 32 and a half. So it was pretty dead on ass accurate. Market value for Correa. Why is this so slow? Spot track must be. People must be hammering their servers right now. 26.6. I don't think he's going to get that. I think he'll probably get 35 to 40. Um, but they're saying he's worth a 10-year $26.6 million deal. So the Astros are going to have to pay. Now, Walton, can the Astros win with better pitching and the best one to six lineup, even without Carlos Correa? Um, if they're going to win with better pitching, they're going to have to go out and get an arm that I just showed you. They're going to have to go out and grab one of those arms that I showed you. And yeah, one through six, the Astros will still compete with anybody. But will they have the best one through six now? The Rangers, are they're stacked now. I mean, the if, if Trout is healthy in Anaheim, they're stacked. I don't think that the, the Mariners have the best one through six, but listen, man, it's getting thick. Astros, I think, still have to sign another arm and figure out what they're going to do at shortstop. And if that means Javi Baez and let's see, starting pitching that we talked about. I don't think they're going to spend max dollars on a guy. I don't think you're going to see them get Clayton Kershaw or Zach Greinke. Justin Verlander was their ace signing. But I mean, there's still some good names out there. So that Kluber one hurts a little bit. I would have liked to have seen them chase after Kluber. But we'll see. 
Boy, that's a that's a that's kind of a you feel bad. I don't know what they're gonna do, but if you're an Astros fan, you got a, a little wind that goes out of your cells when you see Corey Seager to the Rangers, when you see Simeon to the Rangers. I'm gonna be severe. I'm just gonna tell you, I am going to be severely, severely disappointed if they f- sign Trevor Story. I think he's gonna be a big bust. Uh, Walt said, I was expecting JV to cure the pitching. No. I mean, coming off the Tommy John, hasn't pitched in two years, another year older. He's already old. I think JV is going to be a a 1A, or I should say a 1B, 2A kind of guy. He's he's an ace. He's still good. I believe in him. But it's not, not a reliable... Although Tommy John is a different thing now. People bounce back a lot better. Donovan Burrell said the Astros should sign Chris Bryant and move Alex Bregman to shortstop. Let me tell you why that won't happen, Donovan. I was a believer in that too, but then when you realize and you see James Click talking about it with the injuries that Alex Bregman has had, he's not going to move to shortstop. His range is a little more limited now. His mobility has been hindered a little bit. I don't think they want to move him there. I don't think he wants to move anymore. I think Alex Bregman knows he's a third baseman. That's where he's staying. Because I was like, yeah, you know what? You could sign a first baseman and move Yuli to third and Bregman to shortstop. Hell, there's so many options. No. Yuli's staying at first and Bregman's staying at third. So you either need to go get Trevor Story, Carlos Correa, or Javi Baez, or your, 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 and this is scary, but I don't think they could do this now based on what the Rangers have done. But there's also the talk of, well, you know, you could just use a Ledmus Diaz at shortstop. God, no. God, no. Stop. Alex Bregman was an MLB shortstop. He absolutely was going to be an MLB shortstop. And then they had a plethora of shit, including Carlos Correa. Uh, Sorry, I don't know why my Facebook comments aren't coming through. I can't even name five Texans. (laughs) Chris Reyes, you jerk. Uh, Anthony Price said it's all about money, so they may not, yeah, maybe put Bama in. That was a while back. Sorry, Anthony. I don't know why I'm not getting my Facebook. Don't count your chickens before they hatch, total Dallas. True, 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 true. It is the Rangers. They'll shit the bed. They'll figure out a way to screw it up. I promise you, the Rangers and the Angels will always do their best to disappoint you. Always. Um... Wow. Yeah, a half a billion dollars. Unbelievable. Unfreaking believable. All right, folks. Did I get to everything I needed to? Rivalry Week, AP Poll, Lincoln Riley, OU and LSU, Sumlin Fisher, free agency tracker for MLB. We didn't do NBA power rankings. We'll do that tomorrow. We'll have our fantasy uh, updates tomorrow. The Cowboy fan losing it. We'll do that tomorrow. Some John Wall talk. Yeah. I think that's about I think that about covers it. Good job, gang. Good job, gang. Way to rally. Way to rally. <sighs> Very sportsy day. I kind of liked it. Not as crazy and wild, but you know what? It felt good. It felt good. It's, there's nothing wrong with talking some sports and getting after. I kind of like the chat interaction. I feel like I would be doing more of that on Twitch than YouTube. I think I'm just going to start treating this like Twitch a little more. I appreciate you all, man. Thanks for being here. Good sports talk. Good feedback. Thanks for riding. We're going to do the Cowboys video tomorrow, Justin Swinford. I promise. I promise. 
Hey, man, I really do hope you all had a, thank, a, a great Thanksgiving. I wanted to tell you and share with you the fact that over Thanksgiving, one of the things I thought about and talked about was the fact that I'm very thankful for you guys and your support. Back when this started in May of 2020, I had no idea what to expect. We were about to do episode number 375. Or, yeah, tomorrow is episode number 375. So I want you all to know I'm thankful for you so much. Also, don't forget tomorrow we're roasting my face. We're going to roast this ugly beard. Five bucks a joke. Every single penny is going to go to a veterans organization. I'll probably just do a lone survivor organization again. The Lone Survivor Foundation. It's a great foundation. A great cause. I hope you'll join me and contribute. So until tomorrow, thank you all for hanging out with me. Love you to death, deckheads. I love this community. Love you all as individuals and as a group. And I'm thankful for you. So until tomorrow, do me three favors. Be safe. Be kind. Love each other.